Y'all are listening to the Maverick of Marketing Radio Show. And now, here's your host, Shannon Maverick. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. This is your host, Shannon Maverick of the Maverick of Marketing Radio. Gosh, it feels good to say that again. I know we had our first show back um, once we've kind of come through or have started to get a little additional bandwidth for me to start my show again. Um, But gosh, it just feels good to even be here in the Maverick Den, um, not in Studio 53 at MarketScale, but really fun to be back here with you guys. Still getting used to being by myself, not having a co-host with me. Um, So you'll just have to listen to my ramblings as even through this crazy coronavirus, COVID-19, there is still some fun B2B news to be had. So really exciting show today. I have probably one of my favorite marketers that I've gotten the pleasure and honor of talking to and just connecting with joining me on a topic that is something I haven't touched on yet. And I think it's a really really, really interesting topic as I know there are several other marketers that I'm connected with who tune into the show who fall into the same category. Um, And that special guest is Michael Lynham. He is the director of marketing for McGrath Rent Corp. Uh, They're a B2B rental company dealing in modular buildings, modular spaces, and even some rental test equipment. So He's going to be talking with us about how he not only has to strategize and think about marketing for McGrath as kind of a parent company or a holdings company, but he has five other brands that he manages with brand managers and really just talking about how he's able to balance everything, splitting his time between each of the brands, how he works with each of the individual managers. It'll be a really, really interesting conversation. And I typically don't touch on um, the educational background, but I thought it was super cool. He's got his bachelor's from Cal Poly. And unfortunately, he chose the lesser of the two schools here in Texas. Um, No, I'm kidding. He got his MBA from uh, University of Texas at Austin. Being a fellow Aggie, y'all, we won't hold it against him. (laughs) So he'll be coming up a little bit later. But yeah, exciting B2B news going on. So the first article that I saw as I was kind of looking in the realm of B2B, what's going on? Um, amidst this uh, work from home kind of coronavirus situation we're in was a really, really cool article. And bear with me, it's a little bit long, reported from CNN Business, but it's 14 companies that are really seeing a lot of thriving business right now. And several of them are probably going to come as no surprise. And a couple of them you might think, hmm, Who knew? So um, just getting right into it, starting with some fun entertainment options. Um, Activision Blizzard, Electronic Arts, and Nintendo. Takes me back to my childhood. Um, Activision Blizzard, makers of games such as Call of Duty, reported that Call of Duty Modern Warfare has actually sold more copies than any other Call of Duty title. Their sales have approached $1.52 billion just in the first quarter of 2020. So uh, I have a few friends who play that game, so makes sense. Seems like every guy and gal is at home uh, letting their aggression out on that game. Uh, on that same token, Nintendo has annual profits surging 41%, their highest in nine years. Definitely, they're attributing it to their new acclaimed game Animal Crossing as a surge. I know my little cousins have um, shown me their profiles virtually, of course. So uh, that's got to attribute to that 41% surge. Nextly on the list reporting is Clorox. Um, 
Again, no surprise there. Their sales have jumped, uh, I think it said in Q1, just up to 13.5%. So over the um, first quarter of last year. So everyone's trying to sanitize, stay clean. So that comes as no shock. Something that may come as a shock and is a company that we have talked about, had a little bit of controversy around the holidays um, here on the show, is Peloton. So I can remember their article, or excuse me, their... um, commercial that came out around the holidays that was quite controversial that led to uh, Ryan Reynolds aviation gin we talked about the power of using kind of timely marketing Um, his company came out with an ad kind of uh, in tandem with that ad it was controversial the female in the commercial was hinting that her husband was wanting her to lose weight Anyways, they're doing pretty well. Revenue grew 66% in the first quarter and memberships for their app also grew 30%. Nextly on the list was um, grocery stores such as Publix and Kroger. So we don't have any Publix here in the South, but I am a very big fan of Kroger. They save me a lot of money on gas and groceries. (laughs) Publix uh, in Q1 jumped 10% up to a billion dollars in sales just in the first quarter. And Kroger, no surprise there, was reporting that they had a surge of 30% and their highest selling items included boxed meals and paper products. Anybody remembers the great um, toilet paper shortage that was going around. Um, Probably my favorite, favorite company, y'all, that's listed on this list is Beyond Meat. So an awesome plant-based meat alternative company in Q1 more than doubled their revenue to 97.1 million. They're almost at a billion, you guys. How cool. And they're saying that they're attributing a lot of their growth to strong positions as the meat market in the U.S. is really taking a hit right now. So stay tuned for upcoming episodes that will touch on um, how that's been affected and hopefully beyond meat, the trend is still there. Other companies include um, Wayfair and Overstock. So online furniture and home goods companies Um, attributing a lot of sales to everyone working from home. And lastly, uh, Slack and Zoom. So no surprise there. I'm an avid Zoom user. Um, Zoom reported that they host over 300 million meeting participants a day, and that number is only getting stronger. So really cool companies. Um, We're seeing a lot of interesting things from the realm of grocery to meat alternatives as a vegan, so exciting, um, to even entertainment options like Nintendo and Activision Blizzard. And another quick, fun B2B um, update, Tesla, Elon Musk, favorite person to touch on as he's always causing some kind of controversy or cool B2B news put on Twitter on May 5th, just a few days ago, um, report, or excuse me, replying back to a tweet asking if they were gonna allow video conferencing in the Model 3s. And Elon Musk, quote, said, will definitely be a future feature. So if you find yourself trying to slip off to get some quiet as you're working from home with your spouse or your kids, Who knows? The new models of the Teslas might eventually include a video conferencing option. So uh, definitely make sure, though, you are parked if you use that feature in the future. That is a tongue twister. Oh, my gosh. Okay, you guys. Well, that was some fun news. Um, Another quick article that I just want to touch on quickly as I thought it was interesting um, was reported that fast food items at, uh, or excuse me, breakfast items at fast food establishments are really taking a hit right now. Um, It was reported in another CNN Business article 
that the IHOP president, uh, Jay John, said it just makes sense that breakfast is taking a hit because it's one of the easier meals of the day for consumers to be able to make at their own homes. So um, he's saying that if you order out, you're more than likely to order dinner. Whereas McDonald's CEO, Chris Kem Kempesniak, that is always a... Or Kempinski, there we go, <laughs> another K name, um, said that they're, uh, in their Q1 call that they had, analysts were saying that breakfast is down, but that it made up 25% of overall sales and 40% of profits. So once recovery phase is really kicked up a notch, they are going to have very aggressive efforts to boost that part of the business. So who knows? Keep a lookout for some coupons, for some um, Egg McMuffins, or some coffee. Uh, so curious to hear how y'all are going if you're um, sneaking out before your first meetings of the day to get your breakfast, or if you're just like Jay John's uh, IHOP president, are you just choosing to make your breakfast at home? So just a little bit of B2B news. Um, now we're going to go to a quick commercial break. And once we come back, we will be joined by Mr. Michael Lynham, the director of marketing for McGrath Rent Corp. We're talking all things marketing for parent companies or holding companies. So stay tuned, y'all. Okay, welcome back, everyone. This is your host, Shannon Maverick of the Maverick of Marketing Radio. And I am so excited to have joined with me one of my fave marketers, Mr. Mike Lynham. Mike, how are you doing today? Welcome, Shannon. Thank you for having me. Uh, very nice to be here and uh, glad to hear you're doing well and hopefully staying safe and, and healthy. I'm staying very safe, but I am a little put off that you had to start the conversation with an atrocious mention to that <laughs> rusty orange school in Austin. No, I'm kidding. Fellow, fellow yes, uh, competition there. <laughs> But yeah, you touched on it. Mike, I, I know we talked off air before um, kind of planning the show, but y'all are all working from home. So how has it been kind of adjusting? I know you have uh, members of your team all across the country. So I'm sure that's kind of shaken up some things. Yeah, I think uh, it's been an interesting experience and kind of an eye-opening experience for the management team to see um, how quickly folks were able to uh, get up to speed and to overcome some of the obstacles that we're all going through. Uh, we have kind of a unique uh, business in the sense that, you know, our products actually have to be prepped and um, uh, that requires a field work team uh, that is phenomenal. And so a lot of efforts went into figuring out uh, safe spacing, some uh, barrier, um, barrier protection uh, to ensure that everybody stays well and safe, uh, new procedures and protocols that follow the CDC guidelines. Yeah. Um, and so from the folks that are out in the field, they're still uh, going through a number of those challenges and, and trying to figure ways to continue to serve the customers um, that we have and uh, hopefully to have in the future. But from a perspective of uh, folks that are more in the office, it's been shockingly how easy it was to, to transition. And like you said in your uh, notes, that uh, Zoom has become synonymous with all of us, WebEx, mm -hmm. uh, you name it. So yeah, we're, we're doing okay. Obviously, we'd love to be back in the field and engaging with everybody, but uh, we understand that that's not the, the correct thing to do right now. So um, we're hanging in there. 
Yeah. Well, good to hear that. Zoom has definitely become a daily staple. So it's nice to be able to still see your team, even though you can't be in the field with them. But glad to hear things are going well. Um, As I kind of touched on earlier, I'm really excited to hear your thoughts and just kind of experiences on this whole topic of having to market for not only an umbrella brand or a parent company brand, but then splitting your time and responsibilities between all of the subsidiary brands that are under McGrath. And I know you come from working with lots of big names in the marketing space. I mean, you were with Walmart e-commerce for a number of years. So I'm sure in your experience, marketing for one specific brand, maybe like Walmart versus marketing for a parent company has a lot of differences and nuances that are specific to both. So could you just share your experiences in kind of both realms? Yeah, I mean, I think that obviously anytime you can focus on a singular uh, vision, uh, singular kind of customer base, um, understanding kind of what your value proposition is, is something that's going to be easier to to accelerate. But the challenge with you, as you mentioned, we have five business units that fall underneath the umbrella of McGrath Rank Corp, mm-hmm. is the notion of trying to ensure that all of the, the hands that need feeding get their fair share of, of the pie and that you're constantly able to support their needs and uh, emergent uh, uh, issues uh, in, in a timely fashion while also balancing the larger goal of understanding kind of who your customers are and, and um, who your audience is for each of those particular brands. So yeah, you're right. It's, um, I think it is a little bit more difficult uh, to, to kind of do the balancing effect versus have a singular focus. But um, but that's kind of the fun and, uh, and the challenge in it, too. Yeah, keeps you on your toes every day. You don't get bored of just focusing on one thing because there's so many wheels or plates spinning in the air. So I'm sure it makes the time go by, maybe sometimes faster than you'd like. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, it's 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 I'm, I'm, I'm assuming much like many of your listeners that we are in the same situation. And that's part of the reason that I think a lot of marketers enjoy this is no, no two days are the same and that mm-hmm. uh, these unique challenges as they pop up offer offer opportunities to learn and to grow and to always be learn, um, uh, evolving as, as a marketer from both experience as well as knowledge. Yeah, for sure. And, and speaking of time and kind of passing the time quickly, I imagine, or maybe not, you'll have to kind of explain how much of your time is spent between creating marketing strategies for the McGrath name versus working with your brand managers for all five of your different subsidiary brands. So do you have a focus on marketing for McGrath or is it all split between just the subsidiaries? Yeah, um, we. It, it's an interesting question because uh, year to year, it, it kind of uh, dramatically varies. Um, for the most part, you start out with kind of who your audiences are. And for in our particular case, for McGrath Rent Corp, we are essentially a, a holding company of uh, consumer-facing brands. And so vast majority of our con- uh, customers would even have no idea who M- McGrath Rent Corp is. However, being listed on the, the uh, NASDAQ Global Exchange um, and uh, having a focus from an investment community perspective, um, we we obviously view the investment side of the house as something that's extraordinarily um, powerful and important to support. And so we will work closely with our finance and CFO uh, teams. Um, we will make sure that the, the materials that they have or need to do presentations that analysts uh, 
meetings um, are, are appropriate. Um, we also work with our investor relations partners to ensure that the IR site uh, yeah, remains up to date and that the needs are, are met from that particular side. And then the other, the other key customer um, or audience for McGrath brand is you know, employees and prospective employees. So uh, mm -hmm. a lot of times when there will be a, a job opening, they'll look for those particular elements. And so what we'll try to do is partner very closely with our recruiting and our human resources team at McGrath to make sure that the message that the company wants to deliver that explains kind of who we are and what we're all about um, comes to loud and clear from that particular side. So it's interesting because it's not very different from any of um, us as marketers talking to and focusing in on our customers. It's starting out just understanding who those are. And then that obviously dictates uh, ebbs and flows throughout the year. Mm -hmm. And I love that about marketing too. It, we always think about marketing as just dealing with the customer, but like you just touched on, sometimes marketing's job is to appeal to grow the business just in and of itself. So working with other departments, everyone associates marketing and sales. But like you said, marketers get to work with all the departments. So working with HR, working with legal, working with finance um, just adds to those plates spinning in the air. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and, and to your and to your point earlier, you know, it's it's a tough it's a fair question and a tough question to answer. Um, this year, we're going through um, an exercise of a, a rebranding exercise for the master brand. So that's gaining a little bit more um, focus and effort um, than normally maybe would uh, be um, allotted uh, versus the actual teams um, and the, the customer facing brands that we, we would have underneath that. So to answer that question, as far as year to year, it just completely varies as far as what actually activities are going on. Um, last year, we had our 40th anniversary, and so that highlighted the master brand much greater degree than normal. Uh, and then this year, we're looking at potentially a rebranding effort. So, you know, each year presents its unique kind of uh, opportunities and challenges and um, you kind of divide your time accordingly based on that. But a vast majority of my my day, my effort is really engaged down into the, the brands that are customer facing and trying to engage with those customers and help those customers um, get the solutions that they need to solve their problems. Yeah, I imagine, because like we've already kind of touched on, there's five, five different subsidiary brands that you get to work with. And I'm sure from that management standpoint, like you said earlier, having to kind of divide who gets what support and strength, and it might vary year to year, quarter to quarter. So how do you approach working with each one of your brand managers? And yeah, does each good, one of the good. brands have their own kind of formula or are they all kind of autonomous in their strategy? Oh, only if there was a formula. That would be <laughs> <Right>? wonderful. Um, <laughs> you know, the unfortunately, um, or fortunately, um, you know, each each year, each uh, opportunity presents new new challenges. And so part of the goal is to figure out where the resources should be best invested and and uh, what looking at what those returns are. I know that at market scale, you guys put a heavy, heavy um, dependence and in, um and view on uh, KPI reports, uh, establishing establishing key um, key indicators, and mm -hmm. following those particular pieces. And we do the same thing here. So what we're always looking for is uh, the company demands, and I understand that um, that we need 
to invest where you're going to get the greatest bang for your buck from a return perspective. Now, that said, there's always nuances or edge cases that um, a particular business might be uh, smaller from a overall revenue and or profitability scale, but at the same time, uh, very, very critical, very, very important um, from a strategic growth opportunity and coming into a new area. So you have to kind of take all those particular pieces into account and and figure it out. I think that the COVID-19 crisis that we kind of currently find ourselves in has added even more complexity to the mix um, about where where you should particularly invest and what we can do to to help um, the overall country and our local municipalities uh, get through these tough times. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So again, one of those questions where it kind of just depends on what's going on with the market, what's going on with the goals for each year kind of dictates each one of the brands. And I've been fortunate enough to talk with Kelly, uh, one of the brand managers. I think she's, is she over both mobile modular and mobile modular portable storage or just she, the one? She's over our portable storage and our Adler tank rentals uh, groups. That's right. Yeah. She's just such a doll. So shout out to Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, you know, so what are some trade secrets then? You talk about looking into a lot of different KPIs, a lot of different things going on in the market. If you're just at a round table talking with other B2B marketers, what are some tips and tricks that you can share for successfully managing your time between all your managers and all your brands? Yeah, I, th I think that you, you start with looking at your bench and, and how strong your, your operators are. Uh, from a, a, a brand marketing perspective. In my case, I'm lucky that I have fairly seasoned people uh, who've been around the block a few times with a number of different brands and also companies. So you have less of a need to kind of babysit and more of an opportunity to try to be a force multiplier there. Uh, from that particular side, we give great autonomy to our, our brand marketers to uh, build plans, to um, understand kind of the engagement of their particular businesses at any point in time. And then the idea where you have the ability to add value is number one, emergencies like what we're seeing right now and changes to those plans because we all know that, you know, the best laid plans fall off at the first contact. So, <laughs> right. um, we, you know, you jump in where you can add the most value and um, provide the greatest opportunity for the, the overall company. Um, and so from that particular side, uh, this year, I've been putting a lot of efforts into mobile modular and our TRS Rentelco group um, based upon kind of the need state of, of the customers and how we can best support during this uh, uh, shelter in place time. time mm -hmm. Yeah, it all goes back to your team. Um, definitely wanting to make sure you're only as strong as your weakest link. So I love that you say you give your managers a lot of autonomy because nobody likes to be micromanaged and you don't have the time to be able to micromanage, I would imagine. So having a strong team is really important. Do you have a preference in when you're kind of thinking about when you sit down and start to strategize about just marketing in general, do you like to work with kind of the master brand of McGrath more or do you enjoy kind of getting your hands involved in all the different subsidiary brands? Do you have a preference? Yeah, I think that um, it's definitely the latter. Um, the idea of trying to figure out and the challenges of being in a commoditized market and trying to figure out ways to differentiate ourselves and to uh, explain and bring to life the customer experience and what differentiates us in the marketplace 
is really, really an important element. And so that's that's continuing to be a, a careful focus point. Um, like I said, the, the McGrath brand uh, previously, that there's ebbs and flows uh, depending upon quarterly earnings reports and or um, you know, unique instances in a particular year or strong pushes from a recruiting standpoint. But for the most part, we're, um, that, that brand is independent and also almost invisible to the, to the, to the uh, common customer that we engage with. So um, we are much more geared towards uh, in the weeds with our, with our five, five brands and their particular sales organizations and operations organizations to make sure we're supporting. I love that. Definitely taking the more nitty gritty, getting your hands dirty approach, which I love. <laughs> and um, this is a part of the show, I imagine, with your marketing career that you've had and the amazing influencers that you've been able to work with, there's got to be someone that's really made an impact on your career. And I always love to hear about other fellow Mavericks that my guests want to name that have really inspired them. So you can either talk about that person specifically and name them or just an impact that they'd had on your career. So anyone you yeah, can I think feel, of? Yeah, I feel like this is the Academy Awards where you don't want to forget <laughs> somebody named off of the list. So yeah. um, I loved, I actually love this question and I kind of went at it a slightly different way. Um, while he, it's not a direct relationship with me, uh, having worked for uh, Walmart's e-commerce group for, for about a decade, I, I drank the Kool-Aid in a big, big way and uh, became very, very uh, impressed and also appreciative of Sam Walton and his genius that kind of led through it. And if there was ever somebody that would follow this notion of being a, a maverick in marketing, uh, or in business themselves, I think Sam Sam would be the, the man on that side. And a quote that I, I, I loved that I pulled out uh, from his book, Made in America, that I think speaks exactly to kind of what you're talking about is the notion of uh, ignoring the conventional wisdom. If everybody else is doing one way, there's a good chance you can find a niche and go in the, exactly the opposite direction. And I think that that as marketers is something that we all need to continue to, to keep in the back of our minds is if, you, if you're doing it like everybody else, there's no ability to actually stand out and differentiate yourselves. And if you can look and uh, maybe swim upstream and find ways to uh, separate and be unique, it's, um, it's incredibly powerful. Um, and you know, we could go on and on about Mr. Walton, um, mm -hmm. but I think that, that um, that's exactly what he did. You know, it was a time when, um, there was rural America um, was really being ignored by um, by, by um, retail in general. And he saw an opportunity to go into these underserved markets and build an amazing business from scratch. And um, that's the same kind of, I think, application that I try to take uh, to our particular businesses and find ways that we can stand out that things that nobody else is doing and, and ways that we're working. If ever there was a Maverick to deserve a shout out, it would be Sam Walton. I love that you named him as as your person. So thanks so much for sharing that. We'll definitely pull that quote in the write-up down below, folks, so you can read it and kind of save it on your desktop as a little bit of inspiration. But couldn't agree with you more. That's the whole point of this show is highlighting marketers that refuse to subscribe to the norm because at the end of the day, if everyone did what everyone else did, there'd be no innovation. 
So definitely highlighting the differences and the risks that people can take. Um, and finally, I always like to hear about the brands and what we can kind of expect. But as you kind of touched on earlier in the show, it seems McGrath is just always moving and shaking and each one of your brands is just responding to what's going on in the market and we are in probably one of the most tumultuous times in the market that we have been in for a long time but if we can expect to see anything from mcgrath or any of its subsidiaries that you're really excited about is there something we should be looking forward to sure um so you know one of the things that again matches up very closely with what market scale is passionate about and are so good at is the notion of kind of building that content and telling the story of what you can bring to the table to solve customers' problems and issues. And so as we continue to move through this year, we're focused, as always, on trying to really empower our customers and make, uh, make the experience um, more independent and less of a touch that they could actually get the necessary information, background, figure out um, as they go down that funnel how we can help them, why they should trust us. Um, and then that's continuing to be an area of focus for us as, as we kind of go. An example would be from the uh, mobile modular team, we are building uh, three-dimensional augmented reality, three-dimensional buildings that would allow you to uh, come on, um, provide your input, whether you're an education customer or a commercial customer, what your needs, size of classrooms, number of people in the office, and that's especially important now when, as we kind of battle the COVID-19 uh, spacing constraints uh, and social social distancing. Mm -hmm. And um, whether you need extra offices or customize to more restrooms uh, or larger facilities, and you can in real time see what that building would look like, uh, spin at 360 degrees, and, uh, and then we can um, uh, have that quickly sent off to our sales organization who could quote you um, same day on kind of what that would look like. So nice. we're always trying to find ways to um, empower the customer to take more charge, uh, be in service to them to explain why they should trust us and uh, provide new tools, innovative tools that bring bring the products to life and provide a uh, hands, uh, you know, hands free, uh, distanced uh, experience that mm -hmm. still brings home the, the overall, um, the overall experience. Well, very cool. Well, y'all, we'll, we will definitely link that down below if you are in the market or you're in that um, area where you need an opportunity for having a, a portable building or like Mike said, next year, the, the schools are, it's really going to be interesting to see how they enforce social distancing. So please check that out. And Mike, I cannot thank you enough for being on the show. What an awesome perspective on this topic that I'm sure is, I mean, it seems like every holdings company or parent company kind of manages their subsidiaries differently, but I love that you work so hands-on with your team and that it's all about being customer facing and just listening to the market. So thank you so much for being with me today. Honored to be here. I appreciate you uh, reaching out and uh, enjoyed my time. Thank you very much, Shannon. Appreciate it.
Oh, well, Mike, thank you. Again, everyone, we just heard from Michael Lynham. He is the director of marketing for McGrath Rent Corp, talking all things marketing related for parent companies or holding companies. And as I mentioned, everything will be linked down below. So please, if you're in the market, there are five amazing brands that can solve a lot of problems. So please check that out. And that about does it for the show today, y'all. Um, we touched on 14 amazing brands that are really, really booming right now from anything entertainment to grocery to plant-based meat options, yay. Um, and even potential video conferencing from your car. So all things that we will be following updates on just as the world unfolds with the current situation that we're going through. But everyone, please stay safe, stay healthy, and always remember Mavericks, we just don't run with the herd. Mm -hmm.